It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome, boys and girls, to the two-point stand. I'm your boy, Brian Drake. Follow me on Twitter at fantasy. Hanging with my main man, Joe Dolan. He is at FG underscore Dolan, the managing editor of FantasyPoints.com, the good folks who power the engine that is the two-point stance. Joe, what's going on, my friend? How are things down there in South Carolina? Well, Drake, the weather was uh, warm and toasty today. As um, I'm about two hours down the road or up the road, I guess one would say, from Augusta, Georgia. So if you were watching the uh, the Masters, um, you saw that the temperatures, Tiger, Tiger was sweating like Patrick Ewing out there. Um, which, which I can, I can, uh, sympathize. Uh, I always, I never use the right one, sympathize or empathize, but whichever one it means, I know what that feels like because, uh, 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 let's put it this way. I try to wear a dark shirt when I golf in the summer here, uh, in, uh, in South Carolina. So the weather's warm. It is going to be a disaster tomorrow. Um, the masters is going to be a washout either tomorrow or Saturday. I'm supposed to play tomorrow. It ain't going to happen. Um, so that's, what's going on down here. I've been, been, uh, hanging out while with the fantasy points crew, just kind of getting things set up for the 2023 season. It's been great, really rewarding and, uh, looking forward to talking to you guys tonight. Yeah. So we're going to talk dynasty fantasy football today. And I brought on one of the best, if not the best guy I know. And the reason Joe, that I know he's perfect for this is because he lives in a place that you will never sweat through your shirt because he lives where I live here in Syracuse, New York. It's our good friend, Jordan McNamara. You follow him on Twitter at McNamara Dynasty. He runs the analytics of dynasty.com. You also see him at footballguys.com. He does a great job uh, writing articles and rankings over there. Does a kick-ass dynasty show with Chad Parsons. I recommend you guys check that out. Jordan, welcome to the two-point stance. Yeah, sweating during like the Masters isn't something that, that typically is a problem that I face. But um, I'm glad you guys are. Fa- I'm glad you guys have it down there, Joe Brian, and I have the cold covered up here. But thanks yeah. for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, that, yeah, that, no. I, you guys said I can play golf year round here. True, mm-hmm. but that requires you to play golf in July, August, and September down here, which is not pleasant. Trust me. Um, well, we can talk about that at that another yes. time, but it is not, I'll trade, I'll trade your, ju- your June, July, August for our, uh, our December, uh, fe- uh January and February. And I'll not take, you got to throw in a couple firsts on that one. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw way in the, the future, new... way into the future. Yeah. Just threw in a, a new driver for myself. So you guys will see me on, on the old Twitter machine, hitting my new ping, uh, ping driver. So. Well, it's dynasty season. I'm excited because I have several dynasty drafts coming up and dynasty is just gaining so much steam in the fantasy community. So we figured let's get Jordan on. It's going to be really what everyone's talking about now is their rookie pick start coming due. And let's start there, Jordan. Bijan Robinson, he's the jewel of this rookie class. We all know that he's likely going to be the 101 in basically any rookie draft that happens between you know now and forever. So Let's put Bijan aside. I want to ask you, who else should these drafters be excited about? And not everyone's going to have the one-on-one, so you got to pick somebody else. Who else should guys be getting excited for? Who should they be targeting? Who's someone maybe that isn't getting talked about that should be a first-round pick in most dynasty rookie drafts? Yeah, so this is an this is an interesting time of the year, and like I before the draft, the the most important thing you can know about a player is when they go in the NFL draft. So, you know, as we're sitting here before the draft, I try and be very careful about making my, like a firm decision on a player until I know when they go. Right. Because if, if the player is an early second round pick, that's vastly different than if they're a fourth round pick. Right. There's a there's a big difference there because what ends up being very, very important is players draft pedigree. So I'm sort of watching for all that stuff and paying attention. And then I try to play a lot of different profiles. Right. So, again, if there's four or five, six first round wide receivers. I tend to treat them largely similar and try and nab, you know, one of the cheaper ones instead of moving up for one of the more aggressive ones. So I'm very price sensitive, I guess would be the answer to that question on the specific profiles that I'm going to use. But I mean, I think, I think quarterback and especially in super flex dynasty is going to be really interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm probably, there's probably two players that I'm the most interested in where they go in the NFL draft, because I think it'll have a 
big impact. Where will Lovis goes, right? If he goes the way of like Malik Willis last year, where he falls to, you know, like you know, outside the top 50 um, when people were mocking him at two, right. Uh, that would be um, a notable, right? I don't think that that's going to happen, but that, you know, he seems to be following and what happens with Anthony Richardson, right? I mean, there's a, there's a firm, there's a firm position, I think in, in the draft markets and dynasty that he's going to be a top three pick, right? He's the favorite to go three right now. Uh, let's see that. You know what I mean? Let's see someone make a move there. No one's moved there yet. And, you know, that, so that's, uh, I'm very curious to see how that all pans out. I think those are the two biggest things that I'm, I'm curious about in Superflex formats. Well, let's circle back to Bijan Robinson, because like I said, he's likely going to be the 101 in, in every draft. Is there a scenario in your mind, Jordan, where he wouldn't be the 101? Like, it, it, and again, most people don't like taking running backs in that spot. It, it, Dynasty tends to be very wide receiver heavy because of the short shelf life of these running backs. So let's just get your Bijan thoughts. And, and can he not be the 101? Yeah, someone, I was having a discussion with a couple subscribers today and I was, you know, we were just kicking around like, what's it, what would it take for him not to be 101? And it would have to be a bad landing spot. I mean, I don't even know what that would be, right? I've seen Detroit speculated, right? Cause it'd be crowded. Um, I don't think they're going to take them. So I don't think that's super realistic. Uh, but I mean, maybe if something like it'd have to be something odd that happened like that, where it becomes sort of in a, in a, in a weird work share, I think, but I don't think they're going to be in the market for that. And then it would have to be somebody else that comes and takes it. And again, it's going to require you to do quarterback again. It it'd just probably be Anthony Richardson, but I don't know. I don't see the position there that I'd want to do that with. You know what I mean? I guess mm-hmm. maybe Anthony Richardson to Vegas would be like the best shot at that happening. But again, I, I think it's, I'm really stretching to find a scenario where it wouldn't be Bijan Robinson. Number one. You know, and that the other thing that makes me wonder that with that question is, is let's say you had the one, one and you feel good about your running backs, but why wouldn't you just trade the one, one then? Right. Like, and let somebody else come up and get Bijan Robinson at one, one, see if you could pick up an extra pick or two for that, for that trade. So maybe the team that holds the one, one doesn't necessarily want Bijan, but somebody else will, and you can maybe leverage that pick as well. Um, and I think that's a good point you make, Jordan, about this quarterback class and why Bijan Robinson probably is one-one in Superflex anyway, is yeah. because it it's a strangely landing spot dependent. Because you know, I actually think Carolina is a pretty good landing spot. I, I know they traded DJ Moore, but the offensive line is good. I think they're building that team the right way. But let's say they take CJ Stroud. Are we really getting excited for CJ Stroud in like the with the style of player he is in this day and age in fantasy? Not to say he can't move you know, more than he showed in college. It's just, it's a really strange year for quarterbacks, even in Superflex Dynasty, I, I feel, even though it's a, a pretty good quarterback class, it's just a weird uh, confluence of circumstances here. I think I found the combination as you were talking, right? And I, as you sort of said what you said, I think if Anthony Richardson went one and the Patriots drafted B. John Robinson, right? I think there'd be some movement towards other people yeah. going another way at one. Um, I think what you said is interesting. Like I, just, just yesterday um, I'm, I'm stuck at quarterback in my quarterback two p- position and I'll spare you the specific details, but I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to get another elite quarterback and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Um, so I, in a kind of a two part trade, I traded uh, Saquon Barkley for a couple of firsts. And then I used one of the first to go to move from one two to one Oh one. And so I said, now I got the 101, and can I put that in a deal that gets me an elite quarterback? Different than the 102 mm-hmm. would have been, different than you know a later first round pick would have been. Like, can I use that chip, you know, plus maybe another piece to get me an actual elite quarterback to solve my problem? Right. I think before I'm trading down, before I'm trading, you know, across positions, before I'm like, oh, this is a deep class, I'll move to two and I'll take a later first and and that type of trade, trade it for an elite piece, right? Trade it for an elite player would be my thought. And even if you have to add to it before you trade down, trade up with that pick would be my thought. You and Chad on your show for football guys uh, recently did a show about valuing picks versus players. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about valuing picks versus established assets, because I always think 
people maybe value the unknown of some of these rookie draft picks more than they value the solid commodity that is a player. Like we know the role of Devonta Smith, for instance, the wide receiver for the Eagles. Like, you know, we know what he is. We know his quarterback situation. We know kind of what he's going to be year in and year out. But if someone would say like, yeah, I'd rather have this unknown, maybe first round pick than having the value of Devonta. Smith. What do you say to, to people out there who they're always trying to chase that that what if they're chasing that ghost of the draft pick and then eventually you have to make this pick you know you can't just have picks forever uh you know would you rather have the pick or do you like kind of filling your roster like let me give me Devonta Smith give me the guy I know it can produce yeah I mean I I usually ask people what are you trying to accomplish right and for me I'm trying to accomplish scoring a lot of points um, I think a lot of people play dynasty for other reasons than that. Um, they play cause they like to draft. They play cause they like to trade, you know, they, they like to develop long-term assets and all that stuff. I just want to win. So like that, sometimes people will, you should be talking across each other. Cause you'll be like, I, I don't understand why you're trying to you know, keep kicking out your picks, right? What's your aim for that? Well, I can draft someone two years from now. Well, you know, good. That's, that's nice. But what does that accomplish in the meantime? You know what Someone's I mean? Someone's got to so, win the league this year. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, that was the conversation a little bit around the B. John Robinson thing was like, you know, wouldn't you rather take a quarterback at two? And I was like, I got to wait two years for them to really make a difference. I can have B. John Robinson this year, <laughs> you know, for the next two years. And, you know, and I can worry about five years from now when it gets here. Um, so I think it's a question of like, what are you trying to accomplish? A lot of times with that, uh, you know, there's it's a moving Right. It's a it's a moving barometer. Right. How much you know, if I can get an elite player with a pick that's not an elite pick, I'm all in. Right? Like that's that's good. Um, I always think about picks is like, what's the best use of them? A lot of times it isn't picking with them. You know, a lot of times it's in a trade for an elite player. If you can get an elite player in a, a, what I call like a I usually think of like players in the top 30. Right. If I can, I want to get as many of those guys as I can. How do I get them? Right. If it, if it includes trading picks, I'll do it. Um, if it includes drafting them, I'll do it. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. Get as many of those guys as I can. You know, if I can get four or five of them, my team's probably going to be pretty dominant. Right. So that's kind of how I look at it. Um, I think, you know, as you go down, I think an easy way to think about, it, especially at wide receiver, when you compare sort of incoming guys who have not produced, right. So just take a, you know, let's say uh, it's the you get a, a receiver, a rookie coming in this year, and he's got a third round startup ADP. If you compare him to veterans, okay, if you compare him to veterans in a, in the seventh round, right, a seventh round guy who is hit in his in his career, who has a top twenty four seasonal finish on his resume, they match in terms of what you would expect for them over the next three and four years. Okay, so basically, what you're doing it, when you do that is you are getting. Um, when when those young wide receivers go up there, you're paying a four round tax because they're young, right? You are paying mm -hmm. a four round tax a lot of times at wide receiver when you compare them to their production, and right, I always think like that's a rich person's problem, right? That's a that is a rich team problem. You do that when you have nothing else to do with your assets, right? It's like investing in it, investing in very fancy chandelier in your house. If I don't have a roof, it doesn't do me any good. Right. It's only something you can do when you have a lot of when you have a lot of assets, when we have surplus. So I'm always got to be careful about that, because I think that people get really locked in on, hey, I want to have young, insulated wide receivers and they do it at the expense of production. And like, I think that's a classic trap. So you got to be really careful. And that's why I think a lot of times trading your, you know, outside the top 10 picks. Right. Second round guys, when you can fill a startup, a starting roster spot with one of those with one of those picks, it's probably worth it in the in the. Um, uh, in a trade. I have a great dynasty story, which will lead into a question. So I, this league that I've been very, very competitive in, I've won it in the past. I had Tom Brady as one of my quarterbacks. And when Tom Brady retired, I released him. Well, we all know what happened. Tom Brady ended up coming back. Which and, retirement? <laughs> yeah. So he ended up coming back uh, this past season. I had through a series of trades, the one Oh two, so I'm sitting here thinking, damn it. I'm like, I, and I, of course I threw the message board anyway and get Tom Brady back. Like that. We didn't realize this was going to happen and be like, F you Drake, you're out of it. No, you can't get Tom Brady back. Oh, that's all. I still got Jalen hurts. So anyways, I, I always like scouring the teams in the league and I, I'm a, a running back hoarder. I always want running backs and I was just waiting. All right, well, we'll see what happens here. You can draft anybody in these drafts. It's free agents or rookies. The guy at the one-on-one, his team was so destitute 
He had Ryan Fitzpatrick as his only quarterback. He took Tom Brady at the 101, and Brees Hall fell to me. I did naked cartwheels down the highway. <laughs> it was unfreaking believable. But it leads me to this question. When I, like I said, I look around a lot of dynasty teams, Jordan, and running back it, because everyone's so wide receiver, you know, drunk at this point. There's a lot of teams that don't have crap for running back in dynasty. So if you can really bank some of these assets, I mean, you're just head and shoulders above some of these other teams. I look at dynasty in like a two year window. That's it. Because some of these guys can be gone, dead, donezo. You know what's going to happen in two years. Uh, so I don't know. What are your thoughts on, you know, the running back versus wide receiver? I got to have 8 million, you know, second year wideouts versus just give me a damn running back that can actually get touches and score touchdowns. Uh, I love it. Right. And I think people look like outside the top five rounds of a startup draft, right. Uh, a, or top five players in your dynasty roster. People play way too long-term, right. Because and what happens is, is like, it becomes outside of two years. It's really difficult to predict these guys, um, especially when you get outside that range because the hit rates just, they fall off, right. The, the odds of players producing and making a meaningful difference is becomes very low as you sort of, as you get going along and it becomes very low of them doing it multiple times. I mean, you're looking in the, and you get really quickly into the single digits of like, of, uh, of chances for guys to hit multiple times. And so you start thinking about that and you're like, okay, why am I investing in, you know, uh, you, you look at like orphans, right? Uh, they're so, they end up becoming so bogged down with, uh, wide receivers that are round three guys, right? You know, when, when, and it's funny this time of year, like it's the trade baits are either are typically people tr uh, putting uh, wide receivers on the trade, on the trade bait to try and trade them uh, that were picked a couple years ago and they were round three or beyond rookies, right? Who have done nothing or their orphan teams who have taken over and are doing the same thing, right? Like those, it's, it's the most common trade bait at this time of year uh, because people bog the roster down. So I'm with you. Like, and again, the, the, the level of success for a running back is a lot lower than a, than a wide receiver, right? Like just think about Samaje Pirine last year, right? Samaje Pirine in a couple of games when Mixon's out crushes, crushes i mean my analytics of dynasty logo is is latavius murray's 2019 season like there's a two-game stretch it was seven week seven and eight of that year where alvin kamara was out and latavius murray was the the running back one not a running back one the running back one by about nine points right and you look at that stretch and that's a dominant stretch right a two game you know it was north of 30 points and you're probably one and one if not two and oh now it's not as sexy as rostering 17 wide receivers, but it is it is a much more productive way to do it because you get those those upticks, right? You just need if you're looking at your roster, you need uh, your running backs to just sort of fill those spots in for you, and you can crush it. And especially in the flex, right? I think people way over over flex wide receivers, thinking oh they're going to be safe floor guys. A, they're usually not, and B, you're giving up a ton of ceiling because on a week to week basis, which fantasy is. It's a lineup setting game when you're playing in a in a form and when you're not playing best ball, uh, it's a huge advantage to have running backs because those good things can happen to them, and you can't predict them at wide receiver. Latavius Murray, quick note for everybody out there, grew up where the suburbs Syracuse. of Syracuse, New York. Yes. So <laughs> I ride my we, bike by a school, by the way, I ride my we, bike by a school pretty frequently. So I always, you know, I gotta I gotta pay homage to the logo. Where did he go? He go to Central Florida. Yes. Uh, yes. Is that where he went to school? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember when he came out because he was he was big, straight line, um, explosive. I don't think you consider Latavius Murray Murray explosive anymore, but I guess when you start explosive, you have more uh, more room to decline uh, uh, before you become completely washed. That's a guy who's hung around for a while at this point. You uh, can anyway. See... I did not know he was from Syracuse. You can see the Carrier Dome now, the JMA Wireless Dome, literally like from the town that he went to high school in. Right. Absolutely. It's uh, the dome sits up on a big hill and we couldn't get him to come play football here. That's the story <laughs> of Syracuse football, but it is what it is. Uh, let me, uh, let me run this by you real quick too. 
You'd mentioned orphan teams, Jordan. Mm -hmm. What is some advice for folks who are getting in right now? We see it all over the place. You know, Joe mentioned in the pre-show, there's some high stakes offerings out there where you can get in on on an orphan team for cheap and people are always trying to fill their league. Please, God, I'll pay half your entry fee. Just take over this orphan team. Then you look at the roster and you're like, my God, I know why this guy bailed on this team. What's your advice for someone who's going to come in and take a team? Like, should you really try to rework it all in one year? Is it a, a long process? Like, should you trade everybody? What are your thoughts? Um, I, I try to never give away a year. Uh, so I always try and be in it, especially now. Like, we could go through a list of things that, you know, and if we had gone back a year, I could tell you a list of things that would happen in the season where you wouldn't believe me at all. Right. And a guy's going to die on the field. We're going to cancel a game and people are going to win championships because that game didn't finish. Right. Why do we ever think that happens? And that, that, that was like a monumental one, but that's that, that happens like in the crazy stuff like that happens every week with like less fatal consequences, right? Like less, you know, less, less dire, but on it for impacting fantasy, all, all types of things happen. I mean, don't, don't forget Derek Henry sat that. You know what I mean? Jalen Hurts, who was would have been the quarterback one had he played it out, didn't play in the championship week. Mm-hmm. So crazy stuff happens. Um, and so I would say, like, and again, that, that doesn't even include like injuries that happen preseason. I mean, I was just looking at like a two-week stretch there. So much crazy stuff happens during the season. I think you have to be open to try and contending now, right? If you're in a really bad situation uh, where it's a, an orphan and you think there's no chance, right? Literally no chance. Then, you know, can you kick out stuff? Can you, can you do, uh, you know, can, can you get more flexible with your roster? Do those types of things. I understand that. Uh, make sure you have proper roster construction. Again, kind of what we were just talking about, right? There's a big value in having, you can turn around your team, by a couple of wins just by having better roster construction, right? Just by getting rid of the guys that cannot help you for guys that could help you. And if their circumstances turn right, a lot of those guys that can't help you will be day three developmental wide receivers. The guys that can help you depth running backs um, and they become kind of fungible throughout the season. So constantly sort of be optimizing your roster. You know, if you got three or four guys that are in the top, you know, 30 or 40 of dynasty rankings of, of ADP, like you should be competing. Right. And so I think a lot of times people want to tear it down by trading those guys. When in reality, if you just if you try and uh, package your de- a couple of depth players, right? people always want more depth. If you try and package depth players for meaningful assets, like you can really turn your team around quicker, I think, than a lot of people give credit for. Talking with our guy, Jordan McNamara, analytics of dynasty.com, footballguys.com. Does a great job over at Football Guys with our guy Chad Parsons doing the Dynasty show. How long have you guys been doing that now? We're 100 and I believe 56 episodes in. So we started like this time. I think we started a week before the draft in 2020, in 2021, I think. Very cool. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Follow so him on Twitter. Lasting that long these days, you know? It's yeah. Good stuff. And now you put me to the time. I'm trying to count now. 2021, 2020. Yeah. Some, I, I can't remember exactly when it was now. Maybe it was 20, like it might've been 2020. Re- it might've been 2020. I feel like you would remember if it was 2020 though. Cause that was during COVID. Yeah. Mm. I can't remember. That was right and, around and the, the time. The, eh. the, the 2020 draft was so surreal. Cause it was Roger yes. Goodell in his basement. But like, that was when, <laughs> that was when like, I remember like all the, this, this got, I don't want to, bring this all up but remember the discussions like how dare the nfl do this draft and like you know like with, with what's going and then like it was the, one of the most compelling nfl drafts ever just because we were all so starved for like sports content and something and it and like by like day two of the draft it actually kind of felt normal that goodell was in his basement and like we're just sitting here waiting all these trades are going on uh I do not want to go back to 2020, but like I do remember like <laughs> the, the the feeling of normalcy that that gave us that was uh, that was much needed at that time uh, because we were only like six weeks into the pandemic at that point. A hundred percent. It was um, it was wild. It was a wild time. Yeah, it was it was 2021 that we. Um, it was sorry. It was 2020 that we started that show. Yeah, I just went back and I checked. It was like April 2020. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was um, it was. It's pretty um it's it's funny how far we've come with that. I just remember him sitting in his chair, like that that chair that was there. Was the fun. chair was at the was Hall fun. of Fame. 
Yeah, I think they raffled I, I it was... at some point too, or some crazy thing. Like, yeah, it's funny, but it's just we've come so far from that time. Well, if you guys are sitting at your house and you're you're getting antsy for football, like you know we were in 2020, how about you head over to Underdog Fantasy? Use our promo code Fantasy PTS. We're gonna match your first time deposit up to one hundred dollars. Oh, guess what? That's not all. You use that promo code fantasy pts we're gonna throw in a five dollar subscription to fantasypoints.com it is legit the best deal in the business go over there right now underdog fantasy fantasy pts is the code take our money take our subscription please come hang out with us at fantasypoints.com all right i want to dive into something gentlemen that set the twitter world on fire my good friend, Nathan Yonke from Pro Football Focus, I have done numerous radio shows with him. He is the sweetest man in America. He put out his dynasty quarterback rankings oh and the team at PFF made a, a graphic of it and people went bananas. <laughs> Nathan had uh, Jalen Hurts at number one, Josh Allen at number two. Then things got crazy or in terms of Twitter, it's another Tuesday. Justin Fields at number three, ahead of Patrick Mahomes. So that's where stuff went wild. Again, greatest, nicest man in America, Nathan Yankee. I would gladly talk football with him any day of the week, but this graphic set fantasy football on fire. So, Jordan, your thoughts on dynasty quarterback rankings, and I have yours pulled up from your tiers at Analytics of Dynasty, uh, and I can tell yours do not match these. Yeah, um, so I think it becomes a lot about what what you value. Um, and for me, I, I I saw those rankings, and my initial question was, are they super flex rankings or are they one quarterback rankings? That was my initial question. Because um, I think the game's a little bit different. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm interested in this, by the way. I I don't think I've ever heard that before. So yeah, keep going with keep going with that. Jordan. Because like- you could make an argument that Fields, right? The I'll just use Justin Fields for a second because this this is how I look at these things. Justin Fields has very high-end upside in a short sample size. Okay, um, He could run for 1,400 yards. He can do all of these things. The problem with him long-term is if he doesn't throw better than Josh Rosen, he's going to be uh, – he's not going to succeed long-term in the NFL, right? He, you cannot, as a starting quarterback in the NFL, you have to throw. Okay. And what you see from these guys consistently is you can run it first, but that's is sustaining you until you can learn to throw uh, at a high level. We've seen that with Jalen hurts. We've seen that with Josh Allen. Okay. He has not taken the progression steps that either of those two guys have had. And by the way, I had Justin Fields as my quarterback one in that class. So I'm not ragging on Justin Fields, but he the, he has gone uh, to a spot where he hasn't developed as a passer. Now, this is a huge year for him. We go into underlying metrics and the stuff about why I'm a little bit more uh, I'm questionable about it. He takes too many sacks, right? All those sort of stuff. Um, but he needs to develop as a passer, okay? Because if you cannot sustain just as a runner. Um, in start one, right? You could say, hey, listen, if he runs and throws, maybe he has the highest ceiling. I, I don't agree with that, but you could I could understand the argument. However, in Superflex, what you're guarding against is taking a huge loss, right? Because in start mm. one, you're just trying to gain a huge edge over like the top 12 guys. And then yeah, you know, all the guys around what 10 through 20 becomes pretty condensed and they're not it's not that different. But what you're trying to do is the replacement level is a lot. You know, it's a lot closer, right? The problem is, is if you when so when you miss there, right, you're not the replacement you're getting, let's assume it's quarterback 18, isn't mm-hmm. that far, right? The problem is in Superflex, right, if you bust on Justin Fields and you've taken him at quarterback two, um, right, the replacement that you're getting isn't anywhere near what he is, okay? So yeah. it's, it becomes a huge gap. And so in Superflex, what happens is you have to be very cautious about the floor. So you can't miss early. You cannot miss because once if you miss early, you're you're putting yourself way behind. Um, and so in that case, I can't I can't do them in the top ten or top eight. I guess. I mean, there becomes a point right right around there where there's not like it's either him or Daniel Jones, right? Like it becomes right around in that tier. Like, but I mean, anything anything that doesn't have Mahomes, Allen, one or two, like I got. 
I, I would love a little bit more explanation on the process. You know, it's kind of funny how even shiny new toy, like, like I mean, I think even like some of the most like wide-eyed NFL fans probably do at some point get tired of like how people talk about Patrick Mahomes, but it's still wild that like the way people talk about Mahomes and the things Mahomes does how somebody is always still looking for a shiny new toy. Last year, I did a I did a startup dynasty at FFPC. They're they're super. It's it was super flex, by the way, Jordan. And it's best ball dynasty, which is the best thing in the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the number two pick. Uh, Josh Allen went one. I took Mahomes, and I even had guys on staff who were like, "Whoa, why didn't you take Herbert?" I'm like, I don't know. Because it was Patrick Mahomes, like right. <laughs> you know, like we're always looking. And look, Justin Herbert's a better player than Justin Fields, but we're mm-hmm. always looking for like that shiny new toy. And I don't know. I'm pretty happy with that pick of Patrick Mahomes at number two overall at this point. It's uh, that was just that was insane to me. Yes. Um, uh, what I have a question though for you, Jordan, is hurts at one. How do you feel about that? Because that is obviously a lot less of a hot take now than Fields at three. But if you did that last year, say you put Hertz three last year, you're probably getting a lot of the same blowback that the Justin Fields ranking got this year. So I kind of want to ask about that because how do you feel about Jalen Hurts as a number one quarterback in Dynasty? So I, I think it, um, and I'm not saying that you're doing this, but people do. And I just want to sort of, I just want to hit this as a fine point. It is disrespectful to Jalen hurts to say that Justin Fields is the next coming because Mm. just because Jalen hurts had progressed as a passer. Josh Allen had progressed as a passer. They took massive leaps, but they had both progressed as passers. Justin Fields regressed from year one to year two. Okay. He regressed. And I get that there was concerns and stuff about the, about uh, his supporting cast and all of that, but the stuff that he can control, he got worse at. So like, I just want to say, like, I think Jalen, I don't think he, I don't think he's an heir apparent to that, to that trajectory. So that's one. Um, the other thing, like I would say is like, I don't know. I think Patrick Mahomes has got as good of argument as probably anyone to be the best quarterback in the history of the NFL by the time his career is done. And right? I think I put him on that level, right? Um, let's take him number one. Right. Like that would be my, like, like, I don't think you err doing that. Right. Um, again, like it's such a high floor. It's such a high ceiling. I get yeah. the temptation to want to do it because we get, cause it's March and it gets boring. Right. I tend to, but like in December, right. You never really like, he's always going to be there. You know what I mean? You don't like, regret taking him. You'll never regret yeah. taking him. And like, I trade, like I am, I go through the phase of the off season where I spend all of my time trying to trade for him and Allen. Like this is the phase that I'm in right now. Um, I just did it earlier this week on Allen. Like, I just I'll give it anything for those guys because they're such it's like a basketball team that makes like 19 threes in a game. You're going to win, right? Like it takes a ton to beat you being on the other side of that. It just takes so much. And you're, it's a floor raising and ceiling raising thing. Like you look at how much they go to the playoffs, like they almost never <laughs> miss the playoffs because it's just such a high floor and a high ceiling. It's just such a good combination. Um, I like Jalen Hurts, too. I just want to see what his extension looks like and then I'll have him in like the top five. So I want to parlay that into another question more general, Drake. Sorry to step on your toes here. I'm wearing slippers. It's okay. uh, When I play (laughs) Dynasty, you know, one of the things that I've had success with, and maybe you're completely different than me, but I almost feel like projecting the NFL more than like three years down the line is a complete fool's exercise. Yeah, I I agree. You know, guys get hurt. Guys can retire, you know, just be like, I'm done. You know, Calvin Johnson at the top of his game, I'm done. We see it in the NFL more than any other sport. Do we overrate? Well, Justin Herbert's two years younger than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Jalen Hurts is three years, four years younger than Patrick Mahomes. Do we overrate that in Dynasty Fantasy Football? I think that the place where you should spend time projecting long-term is quarterback. Because... Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's the most consistently true thing in football is elite quarterbacks tend to stay elite for a really long time, right? We've seen that this century, like 
the guys that have dominated at the top of the position have dominated for a really long time. Brady Breeze, right? Peyton Manning, right? Like even Roethlisberger, Rivers, like those guys, right? Once you sort of get to that level, you tend to stay at that level within a, you know, a, a pretty narrow range of outcomes. But you tend to, once you get up there, you tend to stay there. So when you get the opportunity to get those guys that sort of get to that elite, you know, top, top five, eight level, um, like that's just a different Right. They, that's a very, very long-term bet. I mean, you look like one of the things I love to look at is you look at quarterbacks and you sort of see how many times they've hit. Right. And like Jalen hurts, or excuse me, Justin Herbert has hit three times in his career for top 20 uh, for top 12 seasonal finishes. He's three for three. Um, the comps for him are on that are uh, Watson and Allen. So already you're like, wow, it's really good. Yes. Um, 90% of time, a first round quarterback has gotten to, uh, three hits in his career, he's gotten a four, right? Like those, and, and it just sort of stays up there, right? Like that's the same kind of rate that they have to repeat for a while, right? It's 80, 90% of those guys hit again. And so like that becomes like a really good long-term bet, but that's like eight quarterbacks, right? Like that's, that's not very many guys. And then outside of like a handful of receivers. And I mean, like, even like there's two really Jefferson and Chase that I feel great long-term about, but outside of that, like playing much more than like a two or three year window, like it's a really rough bet. It is a really rough bet. And so like, that's why, you know, playing for the future, we, when people do that and I'm like, go ahead, because I mean, I do this, I spend a lot of time doing this. And the more time I spend doing it, the less I feel comfortable predicting stuff. Right? And because I think that's what the numbers would tell you. And so I just like, hey, right now, like the, I'll give you a great example. When you see like underdog ADP, and I think a great solution to Dynasty is you look at underdog ADP, you look at uh, other best ball sites, FFPC, you look at all these other, uh, the, the underdog stuff. When that is different than the Dynasty rankings, Right. So when you have two guys uh, that aren't maybe in the top like five or so of the position, right, because there's some reasons why that they might be a little bit different. But when you start getting down to it and you start looking at two guys and one's going way ahead in best ball or in redraft, they're going way ahead uh, than another guy uh, in dynasty, but they're either close in value or the guy that's even projected worse this year is going ahead of the guy that's projected. You know, th- there's someone higher in dynasty than they are in re and, and redraft. You gotta be very skeptical of that because it, what do you, what are you projecting for? You know what I mean? So I see that as a, as a really good arbitrage opportunity, um, especially at running back, right? especially at running back. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of my take on it. I do think it's way too long. And I think like you can really optimize stuff in year that gives you a chance and, you know, and, and you can do that. You can arbitrage those types of things and get free picks in the future. Like it's, it's a great, it's a great strategy. Let's take this a step further. I've got a couple of players on the tip of my tongue that I want to run past you gentlemen. And let's, uh, let's chop it up about these guys and where we see them for dynasty. And the first thing I'm going to bring up is someone who's been in the news of late and it's Trey Lance. He's coming off the injury. The 49ers are going to have a battle on their hands between Lance and Brock Purdy and even Sam Darnold. Uh, now, if the 49ers decide on Purdy, you would assume that Lance could be had to try to recoup some value from what they spent on him a few years ago. So let me start with you, Jordan. What is Trey Lance's value in dynasty? And what are you doing? If you got Trey Lance on your roster? Trading him before the end of the show. That's what I'm, <laughs> mm. um, I'm going to ask you guys to pause this and I'll be back in 10 minutes. I'll be back out to make a trade. Um, that's what I'd be doing. Um, I mean, with almost like a running out, like one of those uh, billboards on the side of the road and their press conferences, uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have all but said uh, we are, we are, uh, you know, just openly flirting with starting Brock Purdy. Right. Um, I don't want that person, you know, I don't want Trey Lance when that's happening to Trey Lance. I don't want him anywhere near being a top 50 asset on my team. Right. Like get out, get out now. And, and I'm good. Right. Um, he has thrown 420 attempts since 2017. Okay. 420 of them. Um, I mean, and his team who is going to see a lot more of him than we have seen uh, is, is like openly 
sort of moving on. I'm, I'm firmly, uh, they brought in Darnold. I don't think that was an accident, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think that was a, like, Hey, if we trade, it gives, it gives them optionality, um, which is exactly what it did and exactly what it looks like they were yeah. doing all the videos. Um, now look at Trey Lance throwing the football. Oh, he looks great. He's so yeah. healthy now. Please yeah. someone come get this guy. Right. That's right. That was, <laughs> yeah. That was, that was actually packaged by the marketing department. Like, yeah. was, let yeah. me, um, yeah. let me offer a little pushback though. Like, okay. And, and, and I'm, I'm talking from somebody who in a dynasty league, yeah. my three quarterbacks are Mahomes at Superflex. Mahomes. Yay. Mac Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'm like, we don't know Trey Lance is good. But do we know he sucks? The 49ers probably have a better idea than we Mm -hmm. do, granted. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know. I I feel like NFL teams have talked them into way worse than trying to trade for a Trey Lance and see what they can get out of him. Like, I don't know, Jordan, what would be too little for you to sell Trey Lance? That's my question because, man, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like he's going to get a shot somewhere. Like he's, someone he says, a here's a third-round rookie pick. He's a number three pick who's made like four starts in the NFL. Right. Like, I mean, somebody's going to get him, give him a shot. I mean, Darnold was atrocious through three years, and Carolina traded like multiple day two Exactly, picks, so. yeah. Yeah, um, like literally had been the worst quarterback in the league, like to start. And we all knew that was a bad trade by Carolina. by the Yeah. Way. Right. Anybody... And then remember he ran for like three touchdowns in like the first like four games and oh, everyone was like, Sam Oh Arnold, my yeah. God, <laughs> he's back. Yeah. And it was, it turned out not to be true. Um, I mean, like I, you know, we track startup ADP on my, on my website. Um, in the past month, he's been uh quarterback 14. Um, you know, it's interesting. Daniel Jones is ahead of him. Um, and behind him, right. You start looking at guys behind him and you start thinking like, all right, who belongs sort of, up, I mean, it's Kirk cousins territory, uh, you know, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, right. Like in your question, like the question I would ask you is, I, I think that decision is dependent on a format and B yeah. where he lies. Okay. Because if that's a start one league, with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, you want to take a swing on. Oh, Trey for Lance, sure. Right. You want, you need, you want to, the only way that he has value to you is, is if he's a home run. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to get that again. I am a Jared Goff fan. Jared Goff's not going to do that for you. Okay. Um, if he's your quarterback two in dynasty, all right, we should be looking for a guy that can either you want to a go up and get into the Prescott Watson business somewhere sort of in that range or I think pivot to a guy like Goff, um, who I have more confidence in, can be a multi-year starter, who can play, like have a lot more confidence in him, then I can try and find ceiling someplace else, right? Um, if I have two elite quarterbacks, right, I'm fine with with Lance as my three, right? I think I think a lot of you know, we could sort of order players, but I think the way that you feel comfortable about players is a lot about how how they fit on your team what you're trying to accomplish and, and Lance, right. If he's your quarterback two in super flex, I don't feel good. If he's my quarterback three behind Allen and Mahomes, like, all right, like now I got a fighting chance because you know what, if he can play now, I've got an elite opportunity to make a deal on him to, to really, really help my team. Right. So I think it's a, it, it's very much context dependent on how comfortable you're going to feel with him. And I hope that answers your question. In well, plus, by the way, I think it's uh, it, incredibly. I I can't believe I never thought of Superflex that way before. But yeah. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like bit- in in start one, golf's like, like golf. Yeah. Again, I I am a Jared Goff fan. He's not going to do much for you in terms of elevating. Uh, you know, in terms of elevating your team. But if he's your quarterback two in Superflex, right? You feel really good because a mm-hmm. historically first round guys who have who have landed in the NFL um, and, and have been successful early, right? And he has been successful, even though the ceiling has been super high. Those guys tend to start for a really long time. So like, that's a good floor bet, right? So again, maybe you don't necessarily want him. He's not your ideal quarterback too. You want someone with a higher ceiling, but he will suffice while you figure that out. Whereas you don't know what you're getting out of Trey Lance. You're hoping that you're getting that, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, where I think his median's probably lower, if that makes sense. 
real life NFL take. You mentioned the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff. I think Detroit would be a slam dunk spot to go trade for Trey Lance, get him into your system, see what he can do. Trey Lance this year makes $3 million. And then his base next year is $5 million. And then if he performs, you can pick up his 2025 fifth year option. You know, is Jared Goff going to be your long term option? Probably not. But, you know, maybe you can get Trey Lance for a, a third round pick. You throw that to the 49ers. Who knows? Let me ask. I thought you, you were going to say. I thought you were going Anthony Richardson on that take. That's a. That's. A, I hadn't heard that one. I like that. I like that move. I like that. Let's idea. go. I should be yes. a GM. I'm very good at predicting these wacky trades. I, I do it all the time. Like How that. about someone speaking of wacky trades that could go down? Lamar Jackson. I always like striking while the iron is hot on these uh, these sort of uncertain times. And he's going to give you great things with his legs. He's an MVP. We don't question Lamar Jackson as a player, but our owners of Lamar Jackson maybe a little skittish right now. And instead of valuing him as a top five option at the quarterback position, maybe they're like, eh, okay, I don't know where he's going to be. What if he gets traded? Uh, you know, who knows some dumpster fire team. I'd be all about trying to acquire Lamar Jackson right now. Totally. Um, yeah. Yes. Right. I, I think you <laughs> buy in the face of fear, right? Like you buy when everyone else is scared, right? It's like a fire. Right. If everyone Bob, else that's is running away great from the Bob building, Harris line says that right. there's, there's a good opportunity. There's probably value running in. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan. Like, uh, just look at the couple of recent trades. Brock Purdy, 112 and a future first. I mean, he can like that's a super flex trade. Like, that's a pa- that's outright panic. Right. 102 Terrace Marshall and the Viscous Chanel outright panic. Uh, 104 and Geno Smith. Again, outright panic. There was a right? trade Those- that involved LaVisca Chanel in 2023. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, so yes, I, I, when I'd when rather there's... have the roster spot, like, like, <laughs> it's just an empty roster spot. Right. All. right. It's like one of those, it's like one of those trades in the NBA where they trade for, where they trade for a guy and then cut him. Right. Like yeah, <laughs> you exactly. have to trade to the cat. The, the, the just, he's, he was a salary match. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I like to run in that direction. And again, I am always in the business of like, I, I legitimately spend this time of year in dynasty, especially in super flex, like how many, like, how can I get elite quarterbacks? Right. And so this is a good opportunity on Lamar Jackson. Right. Like, and again, even when there's a dip, right. I, there was a dip with Deshaun Watson. Everyone, ha- you know, everyone hated mm-hmm. him, you know, justifiably so for what he was accused of doing. Um, he fell to round four, round five, round six at different points, right? I got him for basically the equivalent of Mac Jones in multiple different leagues during that that uh, rookie class. You want to know what? 202 in the last month, right? I mean, just the, and he was terrible last year, right? That's the rebound, right? So these guys tend to rebound because there's a shortage of them. So anytime you get a chance to buy one of them low that's got a, that has done it, right? Lamar Jackson's a, a, a good example of that. We switch gears to the running back position and someone at fantasypoints.com in our dynasty rankings. We have it the 16th uh, overall running back. It's Derrick Henry. He's 29 years old. This is the final year of his Titans deal. He's coming off a season though, guys, where he ran for 1500 plus yards, 13 touchdowns. This team looks really bad though. And he's likely on the move after this season. People think Derrick Henry is 200 years old right now, but he's still producing. And you're in this win now mode. So I think somebody who has Derrick Henry might be in the mindset of I'm trying to move off of him, but a contending team might try to say Derrick Henry's the piece I need to get me that championship. What do you think of uh, King Henry? Um, I, I would just be careful. The one thing I'd be a little cautious of with Derrick Henry is do you want to make the investment right now? Right. Because again, if you look at some of the stuff for him, like later first, right. is some, you know, mid first, depending on sort of what, what the trade looks like. The, the question that I would have with that is you're very much sort of in on this year. If you do that. And I'm not saying like 110 for Derek Henry, like it's probably Derek Henry is probably the right choice, but just keep in mind that you don't necessarily know if your team, the trajectory of your team in August, when you do that deal right now. Right. You don't know what your team's going to look like in October. So just sort of be careful when you're saying, I'm going to push all my chips in. Right. If uh, the way I always try and do these, I don't like to speculate with future assets. So if I can sort of pay for it right now, um, 
with if it's rookie picks this year and that way the check's written it's paid for and now derrick henry's on my team and i have to worry about what happens in the future good i'm done like that's fine um i I don't want to do that with future picks because right then i've got all that uncertainty kind of hanging over my head um and i'm out of pick right so that's kind of how i view those again i think like later first round like you know the odds that uh you get someone there that's going to beat him is probably not great um at any point in their career let alone this year Isaiah Pacheco is someone who is a seventh round draft capital last year for the Kansas City Chiefs. He ran for 830 yards, five touchdowns. I couldn't believe the amount of Pacheco trade offers that I had in my inbox uh, from the guy who owned him. It seems like people, they know this guy, maybe he's a flash in the pan, but he's easily replaceable. Yeah, he runs hard. Yeah, he's a great story. It's an electric offense. But do we really think seventh round pick Isaiah Pacheco is going to be the running back for the next four years for the Kansas city chiefs. So if someone's offering him to you, I mean, are, are you trying to just take a low ball approach? You're saying, eh, I mean, any, anybody who's a starting running back, I'd like to have on my team, but I think I'm waiting till after the NFL draft first and foremost, because what if they add somebody in the second round, you know, you never know. And now Isaiah Pacheco is rendered useless. Yeah. I'm not sure how much of a difference maker he ultimately is, right? That's kind of my, my thought. Like you look, there's some late first round valuation type deals on him. If you look out there, um, you know, early second round stuff, like, I don't know how he moves the needle. And if you like, I think you could draft someone there that has a better pedigree and B uh, has a more diverse skill set. You know, I don't know if he's ever can be a three down guy. Mm-hmm. Right? And like he didn't show it in the receiving uh, aspect last year in terms of the efficiencies you're looking for. Um, and if I can get two of three, you know, those trades are happening like this week, you're seeing trades like that. If I can get in that range, like that gives me flexibility and I'd, ra- I would much rather do that. Joe, did you see today? Tyreek Hill said that at the end of his Miami dolphins contract, which ends in four more years, he's going to retire from the NFL. You know what? It didn't really move the needle for me. Yeah, because it's three years down the road yeah. and, and like I and I'm like, you know what? A lot of things could happen in three years. Maybe there's a chance he's at the top of his game. Who's going to be playing quarterback for the Miami Dolphins? You know, I I will have you guys know, though, that um I did make a trade involving Tyree Kill. Uh, one of my dynasty teams was completely out of it last year um, and I dealt him away for two first round picks. And I don't know. I feel pretty good about that now, you know, getting a couple of first round picks for Tyree kill, but now three years down the road does not see to me. That was like non news. Yes. It's three yeah. years away. And the guy's been in the league for like seven years. I mean, all right. So he's going to play 10, 11 years in the NFL. That's a damn good career. That was not, that was non news to me. And as a matter of fact, if I'm a contending team, I would love to see if somebody is going to be so asinine as to panic trade him because of that. Let me just run this guy's by you quickly. Uh, looking at Tyreek Hill's contract right now. So he's got 23, 24, 25, and 26 that he still gets to play. His base salary in 2020, there's no way he's playing on this, is $43.9 million. And uh, so he's got a dead cap that year of 11.3. There's 0% chance he plays 2026 on that number for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, this year he only makes 1.1. So it's a great savings for them right now. But yeah, I mean, give me a break. So really, like you said, Joe, it is, he's got four years left. It's a three-year deal. Jordan, how are you valuing Tyreek Hill, though? Still a guy at the top of his game. Uh, is this maybe you throw something out there in your league, see if somebody is like, oh, my God, Tyreek Hill's going to retire tomorrow without really thinking longer term down the road? Yeah, three years is an eternity, yeah. right? Like, just, I mean, you know, if if the player thinks, is thinking about retiring in the next presidential administration, you probably shouldn't worry too much about it, right? Like, that. just think of, you know, we're two years away from, from that. Um so yeah, so I wouldn't be super. I wouldn't be super uh, worried about. It. Again, I think it's like I love when people overreact because I can run towards it and get it for cheaper. That's kind of how I'd be thinking about him. Yeah, you know, if he's gonna, if this is gonna cause this price to fall. And the last guy we'll talk about with our pal Jordan McNamara again. Follow him on Twitter at McNamara Dynasty. He's at FootballGuys.com, AnalyticsOfDynasty.com. This is his season, folks. Uh, so we're so glad to have him on with us. I want to ask you about Devontae Adams, selfishly because I have him on uh, a team that 
is very good. It's that same Tom Brady list team that we just mentioned. 30 years old, welcoming in Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, still has four years left on his Las Vegas Raiders deal, coming off a season where he logged the most snaps of his entire career and saw a career high in targets, still went over 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns. But anybody you talk to about Devontae Adams, they act like, you know, the, the bottom has fallen out from this guy because he's not with Aaron Rodgers and now there's no Derek Carr. I, I still think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's certainly in that conversation. I mean, and he's into a spot where it's pretty reasonable too. Again, kind of what I said before about paying for guys like pay for him now, like 107 and some IJP Ryan for Adams, right? Like I, I dig that. You know what I mean? So those types of deals, I mean, Rashad White and George Pickens for Adams, right? Like do the, like, yes, like those deals where you're not, you're not super worried about the future on those guys. You're not super worried about that, where that pick is going to be in 2024. If you're doing the deal, pay for it right now, something in the mid first, right? If you can like, you're going to be thinking about in that range in a super flex format, you're going to be thinking about wide receiver two or three, maybe you're going to be thinking about quarterback four, maybe running back, you know, an undersized running back somewhere like, like that's going to kind of be the the conversation that you're going to be having in your head. Like, okay, I can solve wide receiver probably for the next couple of years and, and bank that, you know, I would go, I like that. And that's something I didn't do earlier on in my career. I've leaned more and more into that as I've gotten, as I've gotten, you know, more experienced in dynasty. Joe, you, you were shaking your head when I said that Devonte Adams is the best wide receiver in football. Who do you rank over him? Who do I rank over Devontae Adams right now? Oh, I don't think I was shaking my head in particular at that, but uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, and now I've got fantasy brain here. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, if, do I, do I rank Jamar Chase above Devontae Adams? Would I say he's better? Probably not. You know, I don't think Tyreek Hill gets the respect he deserves as being one of the best wide receivers. Cause I just, I don't think people view a small explosive guy. Oh, that guy can't be the best receiver in football. Right. Except, you know, he went from Kansas city to Miami and put up better numbers. Um, I he's think the Tyree best Kill, weapon in football. I would Tyree say Kills, that. I mean, like, he's a wide receiver, man. I mean, like, yeah. like, look at the production. He's outrageous. I mean, Tyree killed Justin Jefferson probably have the argument. Um, but Devonte Adams is right there. Again, this is like dynasty brain taking over, though. Like, oh, would I rather have A.J. Brown in dynasty? Yeah, of course I would. Um, but <laughs> Devontae Adams is probably still better than him. So, no, I don't think that's an outrageous argument to be made at all. The question is, um, can Jimmy Garoppolo get in the football? And I think the answer is yes. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is more than capable of getting the football to him. Derek Carr, you know, is coming off a year where – the Raiders dropped him like a bad habit and Devonte Adams still put up elite numbers with them. So mm -hmm. I, I think, I think you'll be just fine with their uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback. Jordan, what can people expect if they sign up for analytics of dynasty.com? What kind of services do you offer the good folks when they click on that site? Yeah. So I do a daily podcast. So uh, 300 and I think I did 360 last year. Um, and then 388 the year before. So we average more than one a day. Um, wow. I don't, I'm still trying to figure out where I lost. I lost a couple last year. And I can't figure out where I well, lost. Well, you told us you got hit by a car riding your bike. So maybe I did, you but I, I, still, I, I still posted it that day. I don't know where there must have been an in-season show that I didn't do this year. I can't, I can't figure it out. I got to go back and like run actual analytics on figuring out where that lost show disappeared to. But, uh, but yeah, so you can find all that. My dynasty trade database is where I pull the trades here. I got tiers. I got my hierarchy of assets. Uh, so you can go find that all at analytics dynasty. And honestly, if you're just looking, if you're, if you're uh, into dynasty, my team building guide, uh, it, it'll take you through all you need to know in terms of strategy. Uh, it'll help you, um, you know, uh, build, build more effective teams. And honestly, probably the thing that I'm most proud about, uh, you know, I've written five of these an annual guides. This is the fifth one. And I think the thing that I'm most proud about was this year I had two subscribers write a chapter for me and they were awesome, right? They were awesome in terms of, um, you know, how they incorporated the, the stuff that we had talked about and the stuff that we learned in sort of the analytics of dynasty, um, yeah, in the, in the journey that has been the analytics of Dynasty, they did an awesome job building their teams. And they did an awesome job writing it. So uh, that's probably the stuff. I'll take credit for their writing. It's probably the stuff I felt more, most uh, proud of. But yeah, you can go ahead and get that all at analyticsdynasty.com and up in the menu. Just go to the store and you can get the book.
I've purchased that in the past myself. I can uh, say I'm not, if I'm a host and I have somebody on, you know, like yourself or Matt Waldman or somebody that has a great product out there, I like to support them uh, and, and pick those things up. This was fun. And we got an hour of dynasty That's talk fun. in Jordan McNamara. Thank you so much. Be safe on your bike out there across central New York, Joe, enjoy the rest of your evening uh, with your lovely wife. Uh, have a cocktail for me, folks. This is fun. Keep hanging with us on the YouTube channel. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And remember, we'll see you next time here on the Two Point Stand. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.